The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. And welcome to another live wrestling with Jonas. This is our final WrestleMania uh, a week special. So uh, we've done five previous episodes. Check all them out in the archives. Today, myself and a panel of guests are going to be talking about WrestleMania 37 Night 2, uh, which is uh, another eventful night from the Raymond James uh, Stadium in uh, Tampa Bay. So uh, I'm going to introduce our guest first of all, uh, Mr. Matt Bayless from Pull Up a Seat Podcast. Matt, how the devil are you, sir? A little bit tired, but um, other than that, raring to go. Yeah, we're all a bit sleep deprived on this podcast today. Uh, the no. Grizz from Turning Heel and uh, the Turnbuckle Alarms podcast, of course. Uh, how are you doing? I just woke up from a nap that I didn't plan on taking. Uh, he's all refreshed and <laughs> ready to go, ready to go. And uh, Jason, uh, we had the, the honour and the privilege of having you on the Night One uh, review show yesterday. So uh, thank you for rejoining us. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, rested and ready. Um, uh, let's go. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So for the next 60 minutes or so, uh, myself, Matt, Grizz and Jason will be talking through all the happenings, all the matches, all the highs and all the lows um, of a fairly dry night too, actually. There was no thunderstorms, no rain clouds in sight. There was no unscripted promos. Um, but uh, I just want to ask you guys straight off the bat, we'll start with, with Matt. Um, what do you think were the big differences between night two and night one? We did discuss it a bit off air. Um, it was it did seem a different show, didn't it? Um, it didn't seem to flow directly off of night one. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's the lack of lightning, maybe. Um, maybe it didn't inspire them as much. Um, yeah, I mean, like on, on paper, it was a really good card for night two, um, but it just didn't maybe seem to hit the same way as, as night one did. Um, obviously, I will, we'll discuss on matches individually, but, um, but yeah, I mean, there was a lot of potential there, but it, it kind of fell a little bit flat at times. Yeah, and Grizz, I think it was yourself or one of the guys said that it seemed to be either put together by a different person, but it did feel a different show, didn't it? What were the kind of the fundamental differences that you noticed between the two shows? It was um, Jason that says it's, it seemed different. I was saying it was it just it was a lot more wacky. Was uh, kind of the way that I, I put it. Um, just everything on the first night just seemed so kind of straightly standard sort of. Uh, wrestling show whereas everything else on on night two not taking away from the the card itself um obviously but it just there was weird decisions and kind of um it just it, yeah it's hard to describe it's hard to even put words into it really it's just what just so different from night one yeah so it was different it was wacky and and, and jason i'm curious quite rightly said that it was yourself that said it could have been put together by uh, a different person altogether. Like I say, I mean, all the matches are produced uh, by different people, but it, it did seem night one was very kind of wrestling orientated and we had some great matches. Last night was a bit more storyline orientated. Would you say so? Uh, yeah, I, I'd heard somebody made the comment of that was for us, night one was. Number, uh, night two was for them. Um, really? and a, a kind of a WWE thing. Um, I, I guess the other thought was as well, about three, three of the matches at least were rematches on night two. Um, we've seen these versions of these fights already. Uh, I mean, Apollo Crews against um, Big E happened potentially eight times, I think I heard. 
so I mean the idea that we're at that point now um I mean the main event we'll get to that that was exceptional but the rest of it I mean it was just it was dry when you said dry I thought you were making a joke but what you weren't talking about the weather I thought <laughs> the weather, I was talking about the weather yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no you're right and uh Seamus and Riddle they've had several matches on Smackdown as well um, but uh, nevertheless, there were there were some bright spots, uh, and I'm not talking about the weather. Uh, there were some good matches on last night's night too, uh, and some some not so good matches. But we'll get into all of that. Uh, but we were introduced to WrestleMania 37 night two by Hulk Hogan and, and Titus O'Neil, or T Man as uh, Hogan described him as, um, dressed as pirates this time, I believe. Um, and then we got we got the national anthem, of course, um, and straight into the, the first match then, and and. Grease, you summed it up perfectly. You know, you know, not just about the whole show, but certainly about match number one. It was wacky, and it was the Fiend versus Randy Orton. Um, of course, we got um, Funhouse Alexa skipping and dancing down to the ring. She's uh, greeted by a big box. Uh, we're not quite sure what this big box is to start off with. She starts winding up her handle. We realise it's a jack in the box. Um, who should come out? But the Fiends. Um, and uh, no bandages. Uh, the, the good old Fiend that we remember looked like he's. Uh, you know, had a good uh, good cleanup, um, but um, yes. So the match started with the fiends diving off the box with, with a clothesline. The match went to the outside where Randy Orton slammed the fiend on the on the announcer's desk, and then back inside the ring hit three consecutive draping DDTs. But on all of those occasions, the fiend just kind of popped up, um, almost inhuman or superhuman, um, and then he started some offense. Was just about to hit the sister Abigail, wasn't he, guys? And then we had the, this the pyro appeared, flames from the ring post, almost in Kane style. Um, and then we kind of looked around to notice that there was Alexa Bliss dressed differently, looking differently. Um, and this is kind of a black Papa Shango slash Ultimate Warrior ooze was coming down from her forehead. The fiend was starting to go over to her for some reason and, and was caught off guard by an RKO from Randy. One, two, three, the match was over. Um, so very, very interesting. I'd love you guys to shed a bit of light into what actually happened, what it all means, what was the black ooze all about, and uh, what's going on with Alexa. Uh, Matt, I'm going to start with you because uh, I, I, I haven't figured it out. I don't think anybody's figured it out in their heads yet, but how did you interpret what when ha what happened during that opening match then, buddy? Um, I didn't. Um, I still haven't. Um, I think... You know, I think the, the little video at the start where like the fiend kind of regenerated was quite cool. Um, so at least you could kind of do away with the um, the Yeti version of uh, of the fiend, um, and then like kind of like the, you know rising up from the the box or the um, whatever Michael Cole called it, the the square type object or something. <laughs> um, the, the box like and, uh, structure. That's the, the one. The box like structure. structure. That's the one. Yeah, you mean the the box. Um, so, uh, but. Um, but, you know, the start of it, you know, it was pretty good. You know, like Orton taking the mickey, walking down the uh, down the ramp, pretending to slip over and, and stuff like that. You know. And then, like, the dive off the off the um, the box-type structure was was great. Um, and then it seemed to be like, I, I mean, I hate the red lighting for Fiend matches. Uh, I thought they'd, I thought we'd moved on from that, and apparently not. Um, yeah, like, the no, the no, red, the no red light, unbelievable. I thought they got rid of that too. Hmm. Yeah, the, the no selling was I was fine with that because it's like standard fiend, and then like he all the things that he kind of you know got up and walked away from, but then one RKO defeated him. So there's going to be something more to it because, but it just needs that bit of exposition. You need to be explained like you know what what does Alexa is, is Alexa now sister Abigail? Is that what that represents? 
is that why it affected the fiend and but without that explanation of it it doesn't really make any sense to anybody so you know i would be more happy if they revealed the fiend as not being bray wyatt if, if they'd have done the bo dallas thing um you know and then like you defeated him but then the actual fiend comes back or, or so you know it's something anything like that would have been a lot easier to explain and probably would have got over a lot more but but now we're gonna have to wait till tonight or next monday or whenever to to find out what actually happened so strange way to start a wrestlemania well, then you've only got to kind of factor in the, the, the two opponents. And we've had some strange matches between these two before. Um, and uh, in particular at WrestleMania, was it 33 when we had uh, the, the maggots and the worms uh, kind of superimposed into the ring? So we knew it wasn't going to be an ordinary match, especially anything involving the Fiend. Uh, Grizz, uh, give us your interpretation of what happened. How would you like to see it play out? Great, so I interlude there because um, I do have a, a theory. Um, first of all, the I, I say the lighting for this one, it was actually a bit not as bad on the eyes as it used to be because it was kind of more of an orangey light. So you can kind of see a wee bit more. Yeah, yeah exactly, compared to the, the Hell in a Cell, which uh, was red on red, which <laughs> really didn't work. Yeah. Um, and it always it seemed like uh, Bliss had like sort of a crown of thorns on her head, which is where the the black ooze was coming from. Almost like it was coming from her head. Um, obviously, very similar to the the sort of black ooze that Randy Orton has been coughing up recently. Yep. Uh, but the, this leads on to the theory. Um, did you notice the way she was sitting? Cross legged. Cross legged. Had the jacket very oh, yeah. similar oh, to yeah. someone that's not been on television. Oh, black. Uh, oh really? Is that what you're going to say? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Cross-legged, had the kind of uh, waistcoaty thing with the big pointy horns and all that, and dripping Alistair black. Wow, you've really thought about this, uh, and I'm impressed, Grizz. Uh, I hadn't because I thought that he was kind of, you know, on his way out. But uh, maybe they, they've got some something in store for Alistair Black, and uh, that would be a, a fresh twist to the storyline, I suppose. Uh, Jason, also, oh, go, go on, Grizz. He kind of has, it kind of has all those symbols on his gear and everything as well. There's a, yeah. another little tidbit. Yeah, all the satanic stuff. Yeah, it does kind of make sense where it would make sense. I, I think your theory uh, would probably make a lot more sense than what will actually turn out to be in the end, Grizz, if I'm honest with you. Probably. But uh, hopefully somebody's listening to this and they take your ideas on board. But uh, Jason, uh, any enjoyable aspects to that match for yourself? It was short. Uh, Yay! So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, I mean, I think... Um, Originally, um, this would have been, I, I'm sure they had a, a cinematic match in mind, mm. but they were in, in front of fans and, and it, you're like, we're not doing cinematic now. There are fans in attendance. And so because of that, then they try and come up with shenanigans and ways of making it work. And it didn't work. Um, the, the, the one RKO was quite uh, disappointing. It seemed like Alexa distracted the fiend, which made it even dafter. Um, so there was different bits like that. I mean, it looked cool, the Jack in a Box and uh, that type of appearance and stuff like that. I'd heard the Alistair Black one, um, that that uh, scenario. I, I, I just, I doesn't, I don't, I, do you know what? I actually think that was it. 
I don't think we're going to get any more references to it. And that was it. And, and that's what's going to be even more disappointing. I don't think we're going to get a single part of it. And my, my guess is that Randy Orton might go to SmackDown. And that'll be it. Interesting. Sorry to disappoint people. Because when, I didn't uh, think this is set with Orton. <laughs> I definitely think that's set with Orton, though. This is definitely between Bray oh, and Alexa now. Yeah, I mean, this has been going on forever. Years, yeah, a good five years. But uh, yeah, and, and the fiend when he was kind of walking towards uh, Alexa, he did seem a bit bemused as to what was going on, a bit shocked, a bit surprised. So uh, yeah, some good theories there, guys. We got a lot more out of that segment than I thought we would for sure. Um, <laughs> let's move on to my favourite match of the night, shall we? Um, five star classic, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Uh, only joking, of course. It was a uh, Tamina Snooker, Natalia uh, <laughs> versus the women's tag team champions Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, of course. Now, uh, my least anticipated match, to be honest with you, I said to you guys off air. Uh, it would have been so much better. I think the fans would have been in, uh, more involved and more engaged in this match had it been a different pairing from the tag team turmoil. I think a lot of us were hoping that it would be the Riot Squad, which would have been a more popular uh, team to go up against the champions, certainly from a fan's perspective. Uh, but we did get Vince McMahon's wet dream of Godzilla versus King Kong with Tamina and Nia Jackson, their face off, and it did lead to a slam, <laughs> which was uh, an ugly slam if ever I've seen it. And no, it won't be appearing in those uh, uh, th those uh, kind of 30 second WrestleMania yeah. trailers for the next 30 years. It's not the next Andre and Hulk Hogan highlight. Um, but uh, the end of the match, I'll tell you what the highlight of me, uh, for, for me, before we get to the end of the match, was when Shayna, uh, probably accidentally, I don't know, I might have laid it in a bit, a bit more on purpose, when she kneed Natalia in the face, and there's been pictures on the internet of Natalia with a big uh, hole in her gum, but uh, there you go. Uh, but uh, the end of the match happened when Shayna, she tagged herself in, but then got knocked to the outside. Natalia was still in the in the ring as the uh, uh, as not the legal woman. She put on the sharpshooter to um, she was about to put on the no. sharpshooter to Nia Jax, wasn't she? And then Shayna got back in, hooked in the Carafuda clutch. A few seconds later, the referee called for the bell, and the tag team champions retained. So um, I think Shayna's involvement in the match were the only bright spots and the only uh, highlights for me. Uh, there was quite a few botches in the match. Um, there was one moment I think when. Uh, was it to Shayna and Naya were waiting to be dove on by by Tamina? Um, and, and they just seemed to pause and kind of hang there for ages, waiting. Um, they, they, I think if that was me, I would have been kind of running out of the ring. But, uh, guys, I'm going to hand it over to you. Uh, this was the worst match on the card, possibly the worst match of the weekend. Matt, uh, try and shed some light onto all of this. Uh, did you enjoy it one iota? Um, well, to be fair, as, as a tag team match, I think Bad Bunny set the bar so high that. You know, these seasoned professionals have been doing it for donkey's years. We're never going to get anywhere near close to it. So, um, but like, to be honest, like, for me, Shane has just been completely wasted in a tag team with Naya uh, mm. or in a tag team full stop. Um, you know, if if this match had been later in the show, then I think it would be the the P break, you know, which is what people used to consider the women's matches as in the past, um, which they're not for the most part. But this was just pointless um because you know even if even if the titles had changed hands it wouldn't have really added anything to to the match so you know that's and that's, that's no uh, that's no disrespect on natalia or you know like, but i'm not a big fan of to me and i mean we like, a year ago like uh, me you and chris were talking about um the second was it second night of of mania last year and there's yeah. the multi women match in that and to me it was trying to pin someone by help and while holding on to the ropes 
and you know she goes from that to potentially winning another in another title match at another wrestlemania and it doesn't make any sense and then you know as we'll probably mention later on and, and i've ranted about quite a bit over the weekend so you got tamina in that and i are in that match and then what's bailey doing you know she's just interrupting people backstage and and getting shunned by uh by the hawkster so you know i'd rather than done a, a match with bailey against anyone you know against one of those wavy arm puppet things you know she could have imagined it would have been more it would have been more interesting so um yeah so moving on uh, yeah, well, well, now that Vince O'Malley's got his kind of WrestleMania moment of uh, Big Tamina and uh, Nia Jax having their moment, their face-off, hopefully we don't have to kind of watch that again or, or kind of see that again at a future WrestleMania. But, um, uh, Grizz, I'm going to hand it over to you, buddy. I'm sure you would have preferred to have seen the Riot Squad or anybody else um, up against uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler last night. Well, the Riot Squad were my picks to be in this match to start with. Yeah, mine too. Um, so very disappointed that they lost. Uh, also, uh, stop trying to make Tamina a, th- Tamina a thing. It's not going to happen. Uh, you've yeah. tried for well over 10 years at this point. And also, you've done this spot with Nia Jax about five times. Hmm. Like, almost every Royal Rumble that they're in together, it's like, oh, go get Tamina and Nia Jax to five feet off. And it's like, nobody cared the first time. They didn't care the second time. They definitely didn't care the third time. So the fourth time, nobody even probably even realized it was a thing. So the fifth time you've done it, it's like, maybe this will be the one that's for WrestleMania. And it's like, oh, we still don't care because Tamina is the worst. And why is she still under contract? Sorry, yeah. I really don't like Tamina. And then the, the other three, not not really high on them either. Shayna Baszler is the best of the four. And uh, the way that she's been booked has really severed me on her. And she's definitely far down on the list of people that I enjoy seeing these days. Mm. Uh, and Jason, a similar question to you, really. But do you see Nia, uh, Nia Jackson and, and Shayna splitting up sometime soon? I'm guessing when they lose, when they drop the championships, they'll probably have a bit of a feud, and hopefully Shayna can go on to something bigger and better. Uh, I, I was thinking about when uh, Sheamus ended up tagging with Cesaro. Uh, I heard the reason was to get Sheamus over because Cesaro was liked. And and I feel like that's why Nia Jax is there, because no one likes Nia Jax. So I think Shane is there to help her become something, um, because it isn't beneficial to Shana in the slightest. And I know a, a, a feud, that doesn't sound appealing either, because it's got Nia Jax in it. And so I'm uh, not... Uh, on a bit of trivia, though, uh, this match went long... Um, it was only meant to go 12 minutes. It went 16. Um, so they added extra bits in this match. Uh-huh. And it went longer than Rhea Ripley against Asuka as well, uh, which is really – that makes my heart really hurt, that does. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just uh, – it, it, it was just – it was just. I mean, I, I imagine Jim Ross saying bowling shoe ugly, <laughs> uh, that phrase, again and again. It was, it was terrible. It just was not appealing in any way. No, and uh, it felt longer than 16 minutes, to be fair. But the fact they actually went four minutes longer, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite annoying, really. And uh, I'm sure they won't get chewed out backstage. Well, Shana probably will, because I don't think Vince is very high on her. But uh, uh, I yeah. think from there, guys, getting them first two matches out of the way, it's, it's a, it does improve as, as the show goes on. Um, I've got to say, um, Chris, did you want to say something, No. Oh. No, I was crumpling, I was crumpling those two in a ball and throwing it off, off screen. 
I thought he's trying to get my attention there, Grizz. Uh, but the next match, um, I think when we were doing our preview prediction show on Saturday leading up to night one, we did talk about this match. And this was one of the matches that we were looking forward to the most from both nights. And it was Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. Now, uh, we did kind of consider the fly in the ointment would be Logan Paul thinking he might get in involved. But in fact, he didn't. He, he kind of sat nicely at ringside until the very end. And that's probably the, 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 the kind of the, the best possible scenario for the use of a celebrity in my mind but uh, uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on um, Sami Zayn's character and his personality at the moment and the storyline that he's running with the whole conspiracy theory in the documentary uh, but I think if anybody can pull it off it's Sami Zayn he's such a fantastic talent not just in the ring uh, but I think he, he, he's completely uh, kind of um, into the character and I think you can believe it when Sammy's playing it but uh, these two have faced many many times over their 15 year career I thought well, they said they've known each other for 15 years this is their first one-on-one -on -one match at a Wrestlemania we've seen it many times on other WWE and NXT pay-per-views before and in fact they've teamed together at a Wrestlemania Wrestlemania 34 when they faced Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan uh, but here um, in quite a rare occurrence you've got Kevin Owens as the face Sami Zayn as the heel uh, this was a really good match lots of highlights uh there was a, a, a straight out the gates there was a pop-up power bomb and uh, a rolling cannonball in the corner from Kevin Owens. We thought it was going to get kind of a, uh, a result within the first few seconds there. It was pretty uh, damn quick out the gate there. We get a, a suplex from Sammy uh, on the edge of the ring apron, followed by a blue thunderbomb. Was it a blue thunderbomb? Was it a Mich Michinoku driver? I can't, uh, Michael, Mich Michael, Michael was confused. I was confused. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was a blue, uh, it was a Michinoku driver, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I've uh, got to be honest, the action between these two was pretty damn good. And there was big move after big move. Uh, we even got an awesome uh, top rope fisherman buster uh, from Owens after two. And after two super kicks from Owens, uh, we got a stunner and uh, Sami Zayn, one, two, three. So uh, Kevin Owens, another WrestleMania victory. I think this is KO Mania five uh, for Kevin Owens. Uh, a really, really good match. Probably one of the uh, best matches of the weekend. Certainly one of the best matches of last night. Uh, Matt, I'm going to jump straight to you. Uh, give us your thoughts on the match, please. Yeah, I, th I think when you've got two guys that clearly know each other really well and they're their friends outside the ring, you know, they've got that trust as well. So the match just flew, like flew by and it flowed really well. Um, you know, and you could argue maybe they could have sold some stuff a little bit more maybe, but, um, but yeah, it was just high octane, hip, hard impact. Um, with Logan Paul, you know, other than them getting the stunner at the end, what was the point of him being there? Um because, I mean, I didn't want him to get involved, but if he's not going to get involved, then why why would he be there and sit there through the match? But this, you know, just sat his hands, kept his mouth shut, and um, and then to have, like, get the stunner at the end, which which I thought was quite cool, because you, kind of, you could see it coming when he was kind of disrespecting Sammy, and you can kind of see, like, uh, KO's response to that and reaction to that. And then when he raises KO's hand and he's just, like, looking at his wrist for ages, like, well, what have you touched before? And um, so you could, you know, it was signposts, you could see it coming. But, you know, I think they, they did it quite well. So be interested to see how that affects the dynamic between KO and Sammy going forward. Um, but to your point about um, Sammy's character, I think it's great. He's just, like, absolutely yeah. bonkers, batshit crazy. And for everything's a conspiracy, and you know, he sounds like a lot of the IWC to be honest. So, um, you know, so it, it is, it is good, and like, and he's having fun with it, so and it's not getting boring, and he's been doing it for quite a while now. Um, it's not getting boring, so, um, yeah, so you know, a really, really good match, and definitely, you know, got a bit of the bad taste out of your mouth after the first two matches as well. 
Most definitely, yeah. I enjoyed the hell out of this match. Uh, uh, Grizz, uh, give us your thoughts on this one, please. Um, to uh, hark back to what Jason said earlier, it was short. Um, uh, no, that was a little disappointing <laughs> in a way, and may even be because mm-hmm. that, as Jay again said, was the fact that the last match overran. Maybe this was the match that maybe got cut a bit for time. Okay, yeah, uh, because. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there wasn't a lot to this match in terms of the build-up, um, and it was just kind of thrown together for, I don't know, here's something for you to do. Uh, it was decent, but obviously it wasn't ever the best that the two of them had, but if anything, like, I'm just happy for the two of them to be on the card, especially Sami Zayn with the amount of work he's put in his gimmick recently, and getting to see that celebrity, uh, Logan, Hall, Logan Paul, whatever the hell his name is, Dumbass person. Um, get get the stunner. And to be honest, he actually sold the stunner pretty well. So I'll give him a, a, a smidgen of credit. But that's yeah. uh, probably the, the last nice thing they'll ever say about one of the Paul brothers. Yeah, I mean, even uh, Ashley Clements um, uh, kind of uh, has commented saying, how do you rate the selling from Logan Paul after the stunner? I actually thought he sold it quite well, even when he was being helped yeah. out the ring by the officials after the match. Um, I thought he did a damn good job. And uh, like I say, the best thing about his appearance was that uh, he wasn't in there for long and only involved after the match, not during it. Uh, Jason, any thoughts on this match between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? Like you say, it could have gone a little bit longer, um, but um, it, for what it was, I yeah. thought it was very good. It was good, and there was lots of um, kind of callbacks to previous matches. The the pop up bow bomb was how he won the title from Sami Zayn, and and there was all these different bits that kind of came back from old matches. Uh, yeah, it would have been nice to go a little bit longer, just simply because you know these guys can do lots of cool stuff together. Um, and Logan Paul, he's I've heard he's got twenty five million followers. I'm not one of them, um, but <laughs> if they ended up watching WrestleMania, then I guess, yeah. Uh, so I mean, that's 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 the reason why I was there. But um, it was definitely the oddest one. Remind, I mean, uh, at one time you had Pamela Anderson; she stood outside and did nothing. It was that in that kind of vein of why is there a celebrity present? It's doing nothing. Yeah, but for this. she she done that um, a lot better. But Sami Zayn's character is wonderful. Yeah, she did, yeah. Um, but Sami Zayn's character's great. I like these chains from seemingly channeling Vince's uh, anger towards the fans, and now it's all the, the conspiracy theory stuff, and it's all, uh, yeah, it's all it's all pantomime, uh, which is much better than what was happening before. But no, I think he's uh, relished in his role, and he's doing very well. Yeah, and um, Kevin Owens didn't get a chance to dive off the pirate ship like he wanted to last year. I'm glad they kept it in the confines of the cage. One quick question I'm going to pose to you guys about Kevin Owens. Should he really be using another, you know, a, a different finisher other than the stunner? Um, it, it, it doesn't really, I don't think it really suits him, to be honest with you. I think he can probably come up with something a bit more inventive, a bit more unique. Uh, just quickly to go around the table, start with you, Matt. Uh, do, do, do you think the stunner suits him? Should he try a different finishing move or use something that he's used previously? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult because I suppose there is a finite amount of moves that people can do. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 does, it doesn't seem, they did tease the package pile driver last night as well. Mm which I think that would have got a bit of a, a, a big pop, you know, because he does that. But he's got, like, the super kick. He's got the pop-up power bomb. Um, yeah, this, this, the stunner, you know, you're not going to retire it just because Stone Cold's gone. But, um, yeah, but maybe just have a, a variation on it or something or only use it occasionally. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think they should maybe maybe look at doing something else with him. What was his previous finisher before the stunner? Can you remember? It was just the pop-up power bomb. Yeah, it, it was the pop-up power bomb, and you, I know that on the Indies you used the, the package. It's pop-up power bomb. Yeah, the, I know we used the package pile driver yeah. quite a lot on the Indies. Um, any that... thoughts from Grizz or, or Jason? I mean, should he continue using the oh, stunner right. or, or come up with something a bit more, um, a bit more Kevin Owens? Uh, I don't mind the stunner, to be honest. I think like it gets over pretty well um, with fans whenever he hits it. So, I mean, I know it's like it's not original or whatever because Stone Cold made it famous, but I guess it's kind of one of these things where Austin's been gone and he's pretty much said for so long that he's not going to come back. So may as well let someone else that's a, a big um, uh, sort of fan pleaser use it because it, it gets over. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Right, shall we move on, gentlemen? Because there was another champ. Oh, Jason, my apologies. Oh, Go ahead. Hello. Stone Cold didn't like oh, didn't like John Cena using the stunner that 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 one, and he had a big problem with it, where he's actually given KO the kind of um, a, a sign of approval Seal to use approval. the stunner because he's a big they're mates. So um, I guess that's another. Yeah, seal of approval. Thank you. That's because yeah. John Cena sucked, though. It's a bit of delay on my end. Sorry, so I was a bit. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Uh, but uh, before we, oh, move wait, on... I mean, he was doing some good stuff with that US title, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and uh, he, he did do a, a variation of the cutter off the ropes, didn't he? Which, um, but um, anyway, if you're watching or listening to us at home, we want to encourage yeah. you to get involved. Uh, if you have any questions for us, any comments, any thoughts on last night's show, uh, we also want to know what your, your favourite match from last night, or even your favourite match from the previous two nights. Uh, get in touch with your questions. Get in touch with your comments. We'll do our best to answer them all during the uh, the duration of the show. Uh, but we do want your interaction from home. But uh, Matt. Riddle versus Sheamus for the United States Championship was next. Uh, so they, they, they were uh, kind of quite tired of the fact they had five championship matches last night, this being one of them. Uh, you know, Riddle was also making his WrestleMania debut as the defending champion. Uh, I think there was a little skit beforehand, wasn't there, gentlemen, uh, where there was uh, uh, Riddle and the great Carly, and then RVD popped up and uh, kind of gave or, or promoted his uh, rolling papers. I thought that was quite weird. I'm not quite sure how that got passed, uh, passed through Vince McMahon's approval, uh, but it was fun nonetheless. Uh, but um, I mean, in, in the match, uh, these two men had a great match. Uh, both men were hitting all of their trademark moves. It's quite a stiff match. And when I say hitting all of their trademark moves, nearly all of them. There was one move that was botched a little bit later on. We did see the Broton and a, and a, a jackhammer uh, or a bro hammer, as uh, Matt Riddle likes to call it, which is a bit of a knock on Goldberg, of course. Uh, we got a bit of a scary moment, and this is the move that I was referring to when Sheamus nearly dropped Riddle from the top turnbuckle uh, with the white noise from the top. Um, uh, Sheamus ended up delivering the move from uh, inside the ring uh, just for safety, and then he followed that up with a flying knee from the opposite corner. Uh, but after Riddle goes for a lion salt or a middle rope, middle rope um, moonsault onto Sheamus. Sheamus uh, quickly pops up and gives him a bro kick in midair, which as a visual looked absolutely fantastic. It actually connected pretty bad as well. You can see uh, uh, blood coming from Riddle's mouth. Uh, one, two, three, and we've got a new United States champion. So uh, um, I thought both guys, they, they, they got their moves in. Um, I thought it was very entertaining for what it was. They both gave as good as they got. Uh, nice to see Riddle featured in the championship match at WrestleMania in his WrestleMania debut. And they actually 
actually, you know, gave him the opportunity to show what he can bring to the table. Uh, a little bit disappointed that he had to drop the uh, the title. We have seen these too many times before, but I think this is probably their best match. Starting with you, Matt, what did you think of this one? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I like both guys and, you know, they're both going to go there and literally try and knock the head off their opponent as well. Um, you know, they both they both work pretty stiff. So um, it was good. I think even before, like, the um, the issue with sort of like the, the move on the top rope, I, I thought for a period of time that maybe Riddle had been caught in the head and, and been knocked a bit fuzzy because he, really? he missed it. He missed a few steps, but, but then he kind of... Um, like there's one bit where he kind of had to come back in through the ropes and I, I don't know if they mistimed it or he stumbled and there was like a little bit of hesitation but there was probably like a minute or so where he just seemed to be i don't know if it just lost his spot and was trying to get back on, on or if he had taken a knock or anything um but then he kind of seemed fine again after that and was just bouncing around like a you know like a yo-yo anyway so uh be over that finish like the um the bro kick to like an upside down Matt Riddle straight in his mouth was impressive. Like when when I saw it, like when I saw it live, ah, oh, oh, but then when you see the slow motion replay, yeah, and it's like bloody hell. <laughs> so um, yeah, he um, he definitely connected, and that's definitely uh, warrants a one two three. I think on that. 100%, 100%. Very reminiscent of uh, uh, Adam Cole when he super kicked Ricochet out of the air from a moonsault on a takeover a couple of years back. That was pretty impressive. Um, Grizz, I, I did enjoy this match, I've got to say. Really, really pleased with uh, um, Riddle being featured so heavily and being able to get his shit in, shall we say. What did you think of last night's match? Sorry. That's Brian Cage's gimmick. Uh <laughs> uh well okay right i'm gonna i'm gonna start off by prefacing i do not like matt riddle Ooh, or the okay. character or the character more specifically yeah. right now yeah. um the way he rides about in a scooter backstage and the way this whole thing starts because he started circling around sheamus asking him questions like a bored four-year-old and it's like this is what you're doing there with argle like and also, I hate that he wears no shoes while he wrestles. Uh, really annoys me. Um, but he is—he is really good at what he does in the ring. And I just—I uh, feel that see the way that at the end of the match, the way that he was looking, uh, Sheamus, blood pouring from his mouth with that real serious anger on his face. And it's like, okay, right, we may have something here because see, see, yeah, if we can have a more serious. MMA Matt Riddle's like, I oh, know we get it. Ha, 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 he's the weed guy. Ha, ha, it's, it's hilarious. Um, but if we can get a more serious riddle, then like I think that because I'm probably not the only person that dislikes this whole who likes ask stupid questions and look at me, like it's bro nuts gimmick. Like, so I feel like if if he can get maybe a bit more serious about this kind of stuff in the future, then we may be onto something with Riddle. But I just yeah. can't stand him right now. So I, I very much enjoyed watching him nearly get his teeth knocked out. Yeah, and the other thing, the other thing I didn't enjoy was when he when he flipped Toppy off his uh, sandals and the birds kind of uh, <laughs> fly out towards the screen. I'm thinking, please, why? You know, let um, the pigeons loose. <laughs> uh, Jason, give us your thoughts on this match. Uh, I mean, physically, uh, it, it, these two in the ring, it's a good match, but. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, outside the ring, Riddle's character, I, I mean, I was thinking, though, I mean, that, that they paired him with RVD. There is a lot of similarities. I mean, RVD was never dumb. 
which is what he kind of is meant to be like a dopehead, isn't he? So he's not with it. But at the same time, Arvid, he did talk rubbish a lot of the times when, and he always <laughs> talked about somehow would say, I, I, I'm going to get higher than anyone else. He would always drop that in at some point. So, I mean, there is similarities in, in what they were doing. But, I mean, the the, uh, the Oscar uh, incident, he sp- supposedly forgot what he was meant to say. Um, and, I mean, and they left it in because they thought it was funny. I was like, he just looks stupider every time you do something with him. But if there is a serious one, I mean, a serious one would be great against Go- uh, Goldberg or uh, Brock Lesnar. Um, but the the daft one would be a waste of time. You wouldn't you wouldn't want to see it, even though it still would be a good fight when you get in the ring. Yeah, and I know a lot of what Matt Riddle says backstage in his promos recently a bit have been a bit cringeworthy. But at least they're doing something with him. At least he has a character. There's so many wrestlers that that, that aren't unique and don't have a character. So maybe there, there's you know, some promise there with a bit of tweaking. Who knows? But we got we got a comment from uh, Ashley Clements uh, saying a uh, very hard hitting match to finish. Finish was very unique and different to see. <clears throat> so um, let's just hope they've got some plans for Riddle down the uh, down the line. And maybe could could then plans involve RVD? Would RVD make a good manager for Riddle or possibly a good tag team partner? Maybe they can play off of one another. Who knows? But uh, now RVD is kind of uh, back in the WWE family, albeit as a Hall of Famer. Uh, I'd like to see maybe a bit more interaction between those two. Um, but uh, let's have a quick look at the next match then and uh, another championship match for the Intercontinental title this time. It's a, a very unique Nigerian drum match. Now, I didn't really know what a Nigerian drum match was before the uh, match started. I don't think I know what a Nigerian drum match is, uh, having seen one, to be honest with you. There, there was drums, there was gongs, uh, but uh, I think they, they really only took advantage of the kendo sticks. Um, but uh, this was a, another fairly good match. They did utilise the steel steps on the outside. Uh, they tried to utilize a table inside that uh, Big E had set up, um, but uh, he moved. Apollo Crews come crashing through the table. Big E picked up Apollo Crews, delivered the big ending as he was about to end the match and retain his title. We had this big, giant individual uh, come through and uh, beat up Big E, gave him the giant choke slam. Uh, pulled Biggie on to, uh, pulled Apollo onto Biggie for the one two three, and we have a new Intercontinental Champion in the form of Apollo Cruz. Uh, so this was obviously the former Babatunde, or I uh, uh, can't remember the other name they were using in, uh, for Raw Underground. Dabakado, you're right. Um, but I think he's <coughs> his character going forward is going to be uh, Commodore Aziz. Um, and he's going to be kind of partnering up in some formal fashion with Apollo Crews. Um, another match that wasn't too bad. Both guys can certainly go in the ring, and they certainly did here. Some hard-hitting spots, and certainly the kendo stick shots were uh, pretty stiff. Uh, but uh, starting with you, Matt, uh, give us your thoughts on this one. Um, yeah, I liked it. I like both these guys. And you know um, Apollo very well, don't you? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't. Yeah, he did put me in a camel clutch once. So, um, yeah, like when, when he was doing the Indies in the UK, you know, he's, uh, he's a phenomenal act, athlete, you know, a really great bloke as well. So, um, but yeah, we've seen these two, like, they, they're quite well matched physically um, and style, like this wrestling style as well. Uh, I thought the style they both went and grabbed uh, a kendo stick and just wailed on each other at the very, very start of the match was, was a good way of starting. One of my other highlights when um, when Biggie picks up the gong from the side of the ring and graves on commentary just says, uh, that is a gong, and that's perfectly legal. 
And he's like burning it, like, you know, he dropped it and he made the noise, but, you know, no one got their head smashed into the gong, which I was kind of looking forward to. So, which is a weird thing. For, um, at least, at least Michael Cole didn't call it a gong-shaped structure. Uh, so, well, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it, was, it was held on a gong-shaped structure. So, oh, um, yes. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, you know, I, I, I didn't dislike the match. Um, it, it felt a little bit short. Um, for what's effect, you know, effectively a, a force count anywhere, you know, anything goes, no holds barred sort of match. So, um, you know, I don't really mind. I, I think I would have preferred Big E to win just to go and give him a longer reign because I think his health talk about 100 days, I think, 110 days. <laughs> you know, I'd, uh, you know, if they're going to push him as a singles competitor, then I'd rather have seen him held that, hold that title for a lot longer, maybe through to like SummerSlam. Um, you know, and if he does a good job of it, then potentially push him into like more towards the main event. If he gets pushed towards the main event now, I'm not going to complain. Um, but you know, I think I think a, a good um, IC reign would have been better for him. So, but, um, but yeah, but overall, it was a decent match, and obviously, just seeing what they do going forward with um, with Apollo and his uh, his new accent, um, which I still can't really kind of get to grips with. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and obviously, he's got. Um, with Tunde with him now, so uh, we'll just see. Commodore see how it goes Aziz, Commodore Aziz, yeah. Aziz. <laughs> but I've got to say, with Apollo Cruz, you know, he, he, at least he's developed a character now. He's developed a gimmick that's getting him some more airtime, getting him some featured matches, and getting him su- some success. Whereas, uh, you know, the Apollo Cruz they were using before uh, was barely featuring on main event, let alone WrestleMania. But um, Grizz, give us your thoughts, please. So the, the Nigerian drum match did it live up to its hype? <laughs> Well, before we start, what I have to preface is the fact that I can't stand Big E, ah. um, because he's a decent—he's a decent wrestler in the ring, but uh, he does my head backstage. Just uh, the way that I'm very much parallel with what I just said there, but it's pretty much the same. I—I I can't stand his uh, his childish acting. I hate that when he comes out uh, in the ring and he does that big stupid thing where he sits with his legs spread and. Um, one of the big parts of this this feud was Apollo was in a match and he uh, Biggie was sitting at ringside with his feet in a foot bath and it's like oh yeah that's a that's a way for me to take you that your your opponent seriously um, and this feud seriously when you're acting like that um, so to be honest I was absolutely ecstatic to see Apollo Cruz win this and um, Commander what's his face. Um, coming in to help him, Monday, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not been confirmed yet, but uh, Commodore Aziz has been his uh, rumored name, yeah. Actually, to, to your point, Grizz, about the character stuff with Big E, um, when Big E had been hospitalized a few weeks ago when um, when Apollo dropped the, the steps on him, and then like when Big E returned, like, he comes out on stage, he's like kind of like wrapped up in bandages and on on um, like uh, crutches and everything. And like, so he's doing that, and it's like, then he kind of just laughs it all off and comes down to the ring. And I, but then the promo we did after that, when he was like deathly serious, was really, really good. But it completely offsets how he came back and how he did his entrance. Yeah. You know, one of the things I would have hoped when they split up the new day was to keep him completely separate and give him a new gimmick. Um, you know, like put, you know, put him all in black, give him a more serious gimmick or something, or just give him something different. Um, see, I, I I agree with you on that. I, I, I like him as a wrestler, but uh, but yeah, I think he he probably should have had a gimmick change when they split up the new day. 
It was just even the, like the fact I mean, that you brought you up that, that promo. Um, sorry, sorry, Jay. Uh, the fact that you brought up that promo no. is is quite um, interesting because I hated that promo as well because it felt like he was still trying to be funny while trying to be serious. The way that like he said a sentence and ended it like this, and then said another sentence and ended it like this. And then every sentence where he ended it, he got higher and higher to the point where, like, his last sentence was like, "But I'm gonna beat you, WrestleMania." And it's like, what, "What are you doing here? Why you've never spoken like that before? What are you doing?" <laughs> um, I um, if you watch the the documentary, the uh, is it twenty four or whichever chronicles or whichever yeah. one it is. One of two. I mean, it's supposedly that is his personality. He always was a goofball. And just a really big jacked bloke. So, I mean, you're getting more of him. Um, I like the promo that uh, Matt was talking about. I mean, the um, you know what I was going to say was, um, uh, I mean, I thought the previous fight on pay per view was probably the better, the more aggressive match uh, uh, that they had. That ended up the Biggie just pinned him. I mean, it, that that should have ended up in a in a DQ or something because that was a really know. and that was a long match as well. Uh, that was I thought it was a better match. This one, uh, a bit short. Uh, I mean, if you said, "Oh, we're going to have a ladder match, but we're not going to use the ladders," um, everyone would just be really confused at that. Um, and, and so, I, 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 the thinking of that seemed a bit daft. Um, I, but Apollo Cruz had to win because, I mean, like I said, I think this is about fifth, if not eighth, time that they've had fights. So, I mean, if he hadn't won at this point. There really wasn't anywhere for him to go, so he needed that belt. Um, <coughs> sorry. The um, the other thing was though, I'm not sure about the being able to change your accent and um, all that type of stuff. I mean, uh, I had to uh, do a bit of googling to see is is that his real accent, and it, it, it just isn't. He happens to be Nigerian, yes, but it's not his accent. Um, I just wonder about that. I wonder if I put on that accent and it would go down really well. I don't think it would. Um, so I don't know. It's really peculiar to me. And then they were also leaning into the whole uh, kind of army kind of uh, militant thing, which, um, it, well, in, in Africa is not a good thing, really. So that seemed another weird decision as well, even though the staff that he walks down is pretty neat. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I think he needed to win this. Um, but if I was Big E, I just want to move past um, and not go back for the Intercontinental. I think um, if it could have another serious feud with someone, I think that would be much more beneficial to him. Um, but I've got a suspicion that these guys will be fine until SummerSlam. Mm, you make a good point. I mean, there have been some discussions that, uh, you know, if they're going to be looking for new, fresh opponents, possibly for the Universal Champion. Um, I know that uh, it's been rumoured that Cesaro... <laughs> could be one of their names and uh, maybe Big E could be one of those also, but uh, we yet to get to the main event. So uh, at the moment we don't know yeah. if uh, Roman retains, so I'm not going to uh, see into the future. Uh, but Just let's talk about uh, Asuka versus Rhea Ripley, shall we, for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, now uh, another good match, if I'm honest with you, certainly not as good or as memorable um, or have as many moments or highlights as the main event from the previous night between Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks, but still thought it was, it was good. 
they got all their moves in, uh, but, but the crowd seemed very quiet for this one, I've got to say. And I don't know if it was fatigue because a lot of them were there on night one and night two, or whether a lot of them, you know, it, it, obviously it's a long day rest. Maybe this was over a three hour show, so maybe they were kind of just showing a bit of fatigue or maybe just got a bit bored because the night wasn't as good as the previous evening. Um, but so we do have a, no, a new a Raw Women's Champion uh, in Rhea Ripley. She took the belt off Asuka. Asuka's held the championship for a long long time um and it's good to see that there's a changing of the guard with the women's division obviously with bel-air from the night before uh going with the, the newer younger wrestlers in rear ripley for example so it is nice to see that they are kind of uh bringing to the fold the new generation of the women's division uh created by nxt of course but matt i'm gonna hand over to you uh give us your thoughts on the match uh, the outcome the new champion and and the crowd as well um so Start at the beginning. Um, Rhea's entrance was fantastic with like the live band yes. playing her in. Um, yeah, that was that was really cool. That's and that, that's, yeah. that's what you expect from like a WrestleMania entrance. So she the got the entrance it, and the, the WrestleMania experience that she was hoping for the prior year. What didn't she? So yeah, yeah, yeah. And then sort of like to kind of skip then in terms of the outcome. I think I think she was owed it after last year. Um, so you know they they probably should have brought her in onto Raw a month earlier maybe and, and kind of built the feud a little bit more rather than just turning up like three weeks ago and just going straight for Asuka which you know it's not the best build for like the the biggest um, wrestling show of the year um, but um, I I enjoyed the match um, I thought it was good I thought it was back and forth um, there's some really good moves in there I think um, like the DDT off the apron onto the floor Ooh, was. Was impressive, but yeah. um, quite a quick recovery from such a hard move, um, you know, to, <laughs> to beat the ten count. So it, that was maybe like slight downer on it, but but yeah, like the crowd just weren't in it. I was saying to you guys off air that I, I was watching it and like I was wary of it, and I think it was having an effect on me that I was kind of getting a bit like heavy eyed and stuff like that watching it because the crowd just went into it, and like you could see people. Like uh, opposite the hard camera, they just weren't even looking at the ring. They were, I mean, fair enough, they might have been watching it on their phone to get the commentary. I don't know, but it just looked like they were in conversation, like heads down and, and stuff like that. So, which I think is a bit disrespectful. But what you said about fatigue, that like a few years ago, I went to um, the Raw and SmackDown tapings in Birmingham. So, admittedly, for Raw, we were like second or third row ringside behind the commentary team. And it was a fantastic show and like you, you you get all the atmosphere and everything we did smack down the very next day in the cheap seats and it was shit. it just wasn't a, you know it just wasn't as anywhere near the same so so if people have done both nights and maybe they have got like had a fantastic time the night before maybe they have kind of struggled to to kind of hit those hit those highs again the the, the next day but yeah. um but yeah it was it was a shame because it was it was a decent match and i'm happy with the outcome yeah i do really like asuka but I think putting putting the title on Rio is, is a is a good move, um, and it opens up some more possibilities going forwards then as well. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we mentioned on the night one review yesterday, Jason, that they haven't really used Asuka much. And I think the last time that she defended her, her championship on a pay-per-view was Night of Champions back in October last year. So, you know, maybe maybe the title um, uh, yeah, over Rhea's shoulder will be featured a bit more going forward and um, I think we also mentioned on a previous show that it was refreshing that there wasn't Charlotte on Wrestlemania so a, a better replacement I believe and a better opponent for Asuka but a, a, a longer uh, more involved build I think would have been preferential but uh, Grizz I'm going to throw it over to you um, I'm guessing that Rhea Ripley is a, is a popular champion in your household <laughs> 
I wonder what makes you think that. Uh, maybe it's because she actually won the Royal Rumble and there's photogenic proof of that. And uh, <laughs> Bianca, you owe me money. You cheat. Um, <clears throat> uh, right. So, uh, first of all, uh, what I bring up, because um, I was thinking about this after the match, was the fact that clearly this was meant to be Charlotte versus Asuka going into this. Originally. And it evidently, um, Rhea just got sort of brought forward when they, uh, I mean, there's about, what, half a dozen different stories as to why Charlotte's not on TV at the moment, ranging from COVID, she might may, may not be pregnant, to she was threatening to walk out if Andrade didn't get the release to, you know, take your fucking pick. Um, but, yeah, I agree. As soon as, um, as, soon as that kind of happened, I kind of would have thought that Rhea, if they brought her in a bit earlier, they could have built this up more. Uh, because this was another big moment. Obviously, Asuka is arguably probably my absolute favorite wrestler in WWE right now. Um, with Rhea being a very close, um, very high up there. Uh, so this match was a, a win-win for me, to be honest. I kind of thought that this was Rhea's time, as you kind of said, John, after uh, last year and everything that went down there. Like, she deserved it. She got the, the sweet-ass entrance from um, uh, New Year's Day and... Um, that this is hard because like, this was a conversation that me and John had a long time ago about Rhea Ripley was she's now on um, on her way to becoming the Grand Slamist Women's Champion in WWE because she's now has she's now got three three of the big five or three of the big six if you count Money in the Bank she's had NXT UK she's had NXT now she's Raw. She just needs some SmackDown, some tag gold, and maybe money in the bank. And she should, and she won the Royal Rumble, um, as we mentioned. So there's that one as well. <laughs> yeah, let's not forget that one. Uh, <laughs> but to know some really, really good points. Uh, looks, I was chuffed, chuffed to bits to see Rhea Ripley as the new champion last night, uh, Jason. But uh, uh, was it a desirable outcome for yourself? Did you enjoy the match? Uh, so I thought um, it uh, was. I thought it was a bit of a pace. I reckon it could have been a little bit faster. I think that would have been helpful. And it definitely needed a third act. I felt like the uh, the finish came a bit more abruptly. It came out of nowhere, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, well that was it. Okay. Um, I'm not saying that I wanted Ripley to win. It was more about it just happened from nowhere. But what Grizz was saying about the Charlotte thing, I think we forget that actually Lacey Evans was meant to be involved in the WrestleMania match as well. So, I mean, my suspicion is Rhea Ripley was not even going to be on WrestleMania at all. Um, and so with that then, I think this has all felt like a really thrown together thing, even though from our side of things, it was probably one of the better better outcomes. I don't want to see Lacey Evans win the belt and Charlotte winning in the belt again makes me want to shoot myself. Uh, so, I mean, those types of things, I think that would have been, this is the better one it's just that there wasn't a lot of build um and i think Rhea's style um is is either really dominant and someone has to work around it where actually Asuka's quite a dominant because she's really good and so it's it was a i felt there was a bit of a style clash as well that might have been the issue uh, i don't know about the fans being a bit out of it i just thought just it didn't draw me in and i'm and i was i was awake i was watching the daytime and I'm a fan of both of the wrestlers. So that's where I thought there needed to be some, uh, the pacing was a little bit off, I thought, and I thought actually it needed more 
to really get me into it. I'm glad about the outcome. And I, I'm, I mean, the, the idea that the two people in the Royal Rumble who were the finalists are now the champs is, is a is great outcome, really. Uh, so that's all really positive. Um, but yeah, I think that was uh, my takeaway was that there was something off. It wasn't, and there, I mean, the magic of the previous women's match was uh, was was quite a distance. That's the thing, really, isn't it? Yeah, they certainly had a lot to live up to. Um, yeah. But uh, like you say, I think combination of the crowd being quiet and the, the pacing, as you said, the chemistry probably wasn't clicking. Uh, but, but you know, it was all right. It was okay. Maybe they just needed a bit more time. And like I say, the ending came out of absolute nowhere because I think Asuka bounced off the rope. She went for a kick, re Ripley ducked it. And then the next thing you know, it's the Riptide and that's the ends. I mean, so maybe they were instructed to go home early and maybe that kind of put them off a little bit also. Um, but... Um, Let's talk about the main event, shall we? Because this was an excellent match, and I can't really pick too many holes in this match, if I'm honest. Uh, it was obviously the Universal Championship match between Roman Reigns, Edge, and Daniel Bryan. Um, Edge seemed very, very emotional uh, when he was doing his, his entrance. He was kind of running to all corners of the stage, really egging on the crowd. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Got the, got the pyro entrance as well. Uh, Daniel Bryan got his usual uh, S chant, a yes chant entrance. And then we had uh, the, the head of the table, Roman Reigns, flanked by Paul Heyman and Jey Uso, of course. This match did turn into a bit of a handicap match to start off with. Jey Uso was getting involved in the outside, uh, dishing out super kicks left, right and centre to uh, Daniel Bryan and to Edge, of course. Uh, but uh, Edge did get his own back, uh, dropping Jay across the, the flat part of the ring steps with a DDT. That kept him out of the match until the very end, of course. Uh, the crowd did pop quite hard for the double spear spot as well. So when uh, Roman Reigns and Edge went for the double spear, that was quite an impressive visual. Uh, Daniel Bryan dropped her flying headbutts on both of his opponents, followed by yes kicks and a running knee. Um, Edge then had to make the save for Reigns from giving up from the yes lock from Daniel Bryan. Uh, Reigns then powerbombs Daniel Bryan through the announce desk uh, before getting speared himself by Edge um, off the ring steps at ringside. So that was another quite Im impressive uh, spot there with Daniel Bryan going through the table and then Edge spearing Reigns off of the ring steps. Uh, then in another highlight of the match, Edge puts Roman Reigns in a crossface on one side of his body. Uh, Daniel Bryan comes back in and puts the yes lock on the other side. They're both pulling back on Roman Reigns with like a steel chair leg in Roman Reigns' mouth. And I think just, for, I mean, there's so many visuals from this match and that one in particular stands out. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Daniel Bryan came into the ring and actually prevented Roman Reigns from tapping out before he put on the yes lock. Um, but uh, then we get Jey Uso back in the ring. He gets speared. Um, There's all sorts of shenanigans. But in the end, uh, we get a concerto from Roman Reigns to Daniel Bryan, putting him out the match. Uh, and one more to Edge to put him out the match uh, for the win. So uh, essentially, I think Roman Reigns pulls uh, Edge over onto Daniel Bryan, pins them both at the same time, one, two, three, and the head of the table, um, you, you, the, the high chief is still uh, the universal champion. This match delivered. This match delivered 100% for me. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Matt, give us your thoughts on this one because there were so many highlights, so many high spots. Um, and to be honest with you, there were stages in the match where all three of them had their opportunities to win the title, uh, but Roman managed to retain in this really, really good main event. Yeah, um, just to go back to a point you made a little bit earlier about potential next number one contenders. On Talking Smack on Saturday, um, Heyman, did, Heyman was talking about the Seth Rollins-Cesaro match, saying that whoever wins that could potentially be 
the next uh, the next contender for for uh, for Roman. Obviously, assuming Roman won at that point. So, um, so that's potentially what they're going to do. But that could just be Heyman being Heyman. But um, but, yeah, but with the match, like the entrances were great. Yeah, again, like proper like WrestleMania entrances. The crowd popped for them. Edge's gear looks sick. You know, it's like it's like proper like. Um, you know, big show gear uh, with like all you know all in white with like the, the big jacket and everything like it looked fantastic. I I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, it started fast and just kind of didn't really let up as well. I think that's the advantage of triple threat is that someone can have a rest while the other two are going at it. And you know, like the the double spear spot was good. Um, you know, like the submission attempts. You know, it went a bit hardcore. We like go with Danny Bryan going through the table, a uh, bit with the chair leg and everything. So um, yeah, I really liked it. It's one of those matches where I didn't mind who won. You know, there'd, there'd be an upside regardless of who came out on top. Um, I think in my heart, I was thinking that Edge was going to win, um, probably by pinning Daniel Bryan so they can carry on the story that way. But deep down, I think realistically, I did want uh, Roman to win because since he's come back, uh, like the middle of last year, he's been phenomenal. You know, like the mic work, you know, his in-ring work as well. Even though he's used sparingly, you know, he doesn't actually get in that, have that many matches. Um, you know, I think he's been fantastic since he's been back and, um, you know, makes you wonder why they didn't turn him heel a lot sooner when people were calling for it. <laughs> and, you know, if you look back a little bit further, why did they, turn, why did, why did they never turn John Cena heel when, you know, if, if you look at what the outcome they've got with Reigns by doing this, they could have done that like eight, nine years ago with Cena. And, you know, like, uh, and, you know, Roman still sells a shed load of T-shirts, so it's not about um, you know, it's not it's, it's not about T-shirt sales. It needs to keep him as a face. So, um, but yeah, but like I really really liked it, um, and it was a good way of ending the weekend. Second night wasn't that great, but you know, to end on that high note was uh, was really really good. Yeah, and another good thing was although Jey Uso was out there and he got involved at the beginning. He didn't get out, get involved again until the very end. So he was kind of used, uh, you know, the, the right amount of time, in my opinion, um, used the correct way. Um, but all three wrestlers were absolutely fantastic. Grizz, I'd love to know your thoughts on last night's main event. Yeah, another absolute burn burner uh, from all three. Uh, I would say, though, that, like, I'm actually surprised that Roman retained. Uh, I've got to admit, like, not, which is uh, again something that's very surprising for me to say is the fact that I'm not disappointed in it, considering you know two of my absolute favorite um male wrestlers were in this and Edge and Daniel Bryan. Uh, so I was kind of leaning towards either of the two of them, but more probably more so specifically for Edge because you know to finally um get the the championship back that he never lost from 10 years ago because it was 10 years to the day that. Um, he had retired. That this uh, this match happened. It felt like the perfect um, ending way way to end it. Uh, Mania with Michael Cole screaming, 10 years to the day where he retired. Edge is on the top of the mountain again." Should it be on to- on top of the mountain shaped structure anyway? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, top- <laughs> on top of the rock shaped structure. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I like, I like the sort of inclusion of Jey Uso where he was being a dick to begin with in the match. And so that's when um, Edge and Daniel Bryan were like, right, well, let's get shot of you. Uh, and there was the one sort of question at the end, which uh, I want to kind of mention was the way that Roman <laughs> stacked up the two of them on top of each other. 
there was people online that were asking, um, would that not technically mean that Edge just pinned Daniel Bryan? And it's like, at the time, I thought, yes. But I watched this match back um, a couple hours ago before we were recording. And the way that Roman specifically did it was he dragged it so the Edge's shoulders were also down. Yeah, yeah. So that, point. that counts as... Uh, because if you remember that one infamous match on Raw where Shawn Michaels beat Triple H for the world title and Shawn Michaels laid down in the exact same position and Eric Bischoff says, oh, his shoulders were down, but so were yours, so it's a draw. So if you're going to go by old WWE logic, all four shoulders were down and Roman pinned them both <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, WWE it was logic. badass, wasn't it? It was so badass. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. I was uh, rooting for Daniel Bryan. Um, so it's funny that we've got two people saying Edge, me saying Daniel Bryan. Um, it never entered my head that Roman was going to win. Um, really? And I'm not disappointed that he won. I, in fact, think that was probably the wisest decision out of all of it. But it just didn't It didn't dawn on me to keep the belt. Um, it was really, really good. Um, I thought it was a botch when the bit came off the uh, the steel chair, and I was like, "Well, they, they better move that bar. That that can't be uh, left in the ring." And then for it to be used again was absolute genius. Um, and then the headbutt spot between Edge and Daniel Bryan. Um, I, 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 somebody said that actually Roman tapped during that. Uh, I, I, I haven't had a chance to look at it, but he actually tapped while he was being in in the submission by those two, which I thought was interesting. Um, but yeah, so I know I just thought it was very, very good. I love the, um, the, the power bomb, uh, power bomb Daniel teasing the fans and then being just taken out with the spear. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was very, very good. But I, I just thought the, that final scene where he stacked up, cause I thought, I went, is he going to help edge win the belt? That's what I thought he was doing at that point. I was like, is he going to help him win? And what's he doing? And then when he pinned them both, I was like, what a badass. That just looked so cool. Uh, so, yeah. And and I didn't expect him to win. And I was uh, actually really happy that he did. <laughs> yeah. And for a change, being a WrestleMania, uh, you know, Roman Reigns obviously main eventing again, but uh, getting the right reaction from the fans, being booed because he's a bad guy, and yeah. being, not being booed because he's, uh, you know, the, the most hated baby face on the company. Uh, but, uh, yeah, couldn't fault last night's main event. You know, when you look at both nights, uh, some really, really good action there, some fantastic matches, some really memorable moments, but more importantly, two brilliant main events. Um, and, you know, uh, I've got a question for you both, uh, for, for all three of you, sorry. Um, a a two-night WrestleMania, obviously we've had it the last two years. Last year was kind of forced on us because of uh, covid this year, a similar situation, um, but uh, 14 matches all in all over the two nights. Do you think they'll ever go back to a one-night WrestleMania, or do you think two nights is going to be the norm uh, going forward, starting with you, Matt? Um, on the posters for next year, it's just got a singular date. Um, it's just got the Sunday the 3rd of April um, for WrestleMania. Yeah! Um, for the, uh, the Cowboy WrestleMania we're all waiting for. Um, I thought you but, did that um, graphic. Did you do that yeah. graphic, no? Yeah. You did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I did i did tag vince in it so you just like know. wrestlemania um, the pirate one yeah. you did yeah well that one didn't work that one that one never got off the ground so we're going for <laughs> wrestlemania Yeehaw for next year now so um rain of it was great though <laughs> yeah wrestle wrestlemania 
Yeah. I think you need to start tagging Stephanie. She's the brand officer. So uh, start tagging her. Okay, I'll take notice. Yeah. yeah, as soon as you're done with this, then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll start, I'll start um, harassing Stephanie with messages. So um, yeah, FBI watching this. Um, I, I won't be appearing yeah, on any of these live the podcasts moment. anymore going forward. Um, but, um, but yeah, so last year, I think the two-day WrestleMania, like you say, was out of necessity. This year, um, I think it was financial, potentially. Um, and to try it with a crowd, because obviously you'd sell tickets for both nights. So you're only allowed 25,000 people there, but so that's 50,000 tickets you can sell. Um, whereas if you do it on one night, I mean, obviously you vary the price of the tickets and whatnot. But um, so I don't know. Um, because, of, because of the 1 p.m. start time over here, having it on, on two nights and having, you know, like, commitments and stuff during the day so you can't just sleep all day um it's not good especially with two nights of takeover a few days beforehand as yeah. well so um you know like i'm not working not working at the moment so i'm furloughed but you know if i was working you, you know you're gonna you're not gonna be able to stay up and, and and watch stuff every single night um but having said that they do it on one night they'd probably still put 12 or 14 matches on and it'd still it'd finish at five in the morning and i'd be mm. stuck on you know in birmingham city center trying to get a taxi home like i've been in the past so it's um so I, I don't i don't know i don't know what they'll do i think they'll probably look at the look at the figures you know if they if they can have 100 percent of the crowd at the at&t stadium next year then i think they'll do it on one night um but obviously you never know with the pandemic um especially as like there's people tweeting yesterday that they were at wrestlemania they just tested positive for covid or something mm. so if you can have idiots like that then they may not be able to 100 percent capacity even in 12 months time but i think we've got to wait and see so um i like this there's pros and cons either way for me so um i don't know what the other guys think yeah, I mean, go go ahead, Grizz. I mean, but the, the advantages I can see of having it over two nights is you get uh, two shorter programs instead of a, a five or a six-hour WrestleMania. You get uh, you know two three-hour WrestleManias, which are much more palatable on each individual night. But it is kind of, especially in the UK, being quite tough having to watch them from uh, one through to four a.m. Two nights on the bounce. But uh, what are your thoughts? Would you like to see a one-night or a two-night WrestleMania going forward? I think uh, you can ask this question last year, and I was uh, very much in the advocate of the the two nights. Um, I think, again, it kind of proved the same this year of having two three-hour shows. Granted, the Saturday show was four or five minutes late, but I'd say if you cut that off, that was probably still about three hours of of uh, pro wrestling action. Yeah. Um, and then <clears throat> the one last night as well was um, also practically three hours. Uh, I think that works a hell of a lot better because even though, okay, right, so let's let's uh, bring up some of the <clears throat> the worser matches of the weekend, like, say, the, the tag team turmoil or even the women's tag team titles match from these shows. It's, at least that's one of these kind of things where you can get everybody on the card doing something that isn't just, oh, I don't know, just throw everybody in a battle royal and blah, blah, blah. Um, it, it just... It, even though if those ma matches were black, it's better than it's better than either not having them on, I guess, or um, or just having the, the battle royal just that. to yeah, exactly. That's yeah, that's the one takeaway from this is a hashtag justice for Bailey. Um, I think <laughs> is is what we can all agree on after that. But um, it it gives uh, gives 
other people things to do this and just oh let's just get thrown out about royal yay we were on wrestlemania yeah so yes two nights two nights and uh, and jason um, obviously there, there's lots to consider you know backstage the wwe offices about whether or one nights or two nights they got to think about you know commercial aspects and what's best for the fans as well i suppose well, I mean, uh, WrestleMania had come into a kind of WrestleMania week if you were to go. Yeah. Um, and so um, if you were to have two two takeovers, SmackDown's there as well. That's why SmackDown was WrestleMania-themed, uh, the two shows as well. And then you've got Raw bookending it. Um, I mean, I can't see why they won't keep that because it just means that they've – because the other thing is indie shows tend to put events – in, in the slots, don't they? So now they've definitely blocked all the market off. Nobody else can compete if they've got Hall of Fame in there as well. Um, and if you think about like Wrestle Kingdom, the best match is normally the second night main event. And so uh, on TakeOver and WrestleMania, both of the main events were probably the best matches on both of the double cards. So, I mean, if you look at it that way, it did live up, live up to that um and it was more digestible I, I i know what you're saying about us in the uk but i don't think WWE give us a thought in the sense of no. oh they're staying up till one o'clock they don't care about us and uh, so i mean it's just more about over there and i think uh, but i don't think vince is a fan of the two night thing that's my suspicion even though it makes more sense i think spreading it out it's more it's more digestible um you've got something to look forward to every night but i don't think he's a fan I, I've, I've heard him say something like people are paying so they need as much wrestling wrestlemania is it wrestling um but much show as possible uh and so i mean i don't know um if it'll be like this and like you're saying if that's the singular date next year then it's not going to be like that but i prefer it to be a to be a double night thing i think it makes then you've got two main events at the end of the day yeah. um i mean there's no would that we uh, if this had been like just one night there's no way the women would have been the main event they wouldn't have had the opportunity um so i mean by doing it this way you definitely got that chance for them and uh it, it just it, it brought a different spotlight to it so yeah I, i'm i'm a big fan of it i just don't think it's going to go that way though yeah, I think you've convinced me, Jason. I think having the two nights do give an opportunity to uh, put the spotlight to different main events and to, you know, uh, showcase the, the, the women's talent possibly as a main event for night one or night two and vice versa. But uh, it'll be interesting to see if, if what's, you know, what you said, Matt, is to be believed that they've just advertised in one night for next year's uh, Mania, then uh, maybe uh -huh. that's the way they're going. But we will see. Before we end, I've got one more question to pose to all three of you. Uh, and the, the question is very, very simple, just gives a, a quick answer. But but um, uh, what was your your favourite match from both nights combined? So just one match from night one and night two combined. What was your favourite match uh, all in all? So starting with you, Matt. Ah, pressure. Um, my surprising match was Bad Bunny. I'm completely like sold on that dude now because um, the respect that he showed to like, the business. Um, um but probably the best match would be the women's match from saturday night um i think the 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 emotion around it like you know even though waiting to start the match and you, you see bianca is you know in basically in tears before the match even started and you know i think and then they had a great match it wasn't just that it was you know a full spectacle or anything it was a genuinely really good match and that hair whip to basically finish it was yeah 
brutal. Um, so yes, I think you know everything that goes along with it makes that match probably the standout. Although there are like four or five top draw matches from the weekend. Yeah, and uh, Grizz, what was your favourite, or what do you what do you consider to be the best match, or your favourite match from the two nights? Uh, it's for, for night one. It's actually kind of hard to say. Uh, I I probably say if anything, like Cesaro versus uh, Seth Rollins was definitely like an absolute surprise. And I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, shock, shock and horror. Two excellent wrestlers have a great wrestling match. I know, but um, I feel like that one really stuck out to me. Or the cage match, um, which because of the terrible story, like ended up being a pretty damn good match. Uh, for night two, like. Rhea Ripley versus Asuka, I'd, I'd probably say was as good as it as good as it could have been given the time, but the the main event had to be the the match of the night for uh, night two. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, Jason, what 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 were your kind of picks from uh, from the two nights? What was your favourite match, if you have one? I, I would uh, agree with Matt. Sasha and uh, Bella was fantastic, and I mean. Uh, uh, it just made Bella look like a megastar um, by the end of it. I mean, and uh, she, I mean, she, she's kind. She was a she was on SmackDown, and there were cool little bits they were doing with her. Uh, but I mean, I, I mean, the bit we try and forget is she got she got beat by Natty in between this this build up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean that this one was definitely a turning point, and she looked just excellent. And Sasha did everything she could. Uh, to make her look that way and also it was so competitive the back and forth and all that uh, all the high spots it was it was just a wicked and that, that i i was so surprised when they made it the main event and i would I, and afterwards i was like well it made perfect sense it was the main event because it was brilliant so yeah i would say that was the winner for me yeah same for me as well i think that the main event of night one bianca belair versus uh, sasha banks just uh, knocked out of the park and um i i think that the main event for night two was equally as good for action but you can't beat the the emotion um and kind of the the historical yeah. significance and just you know the the effort that those two women put in on night one um and uh, probably not the best women's match ever but certainly up there and i think uh yeah i i don't think you could have had two uh, better individuals to main event night one. It's absolutely fantastic. And that hair whip, I'll remember forever. That was just uh, brutal. That was just awesome. Uh, but guys, we're at the very end of this uh, final WrestleMania special on the Wrestling With Jonas podcast uh, for this year, certainly. But uh, Matt, I'm going to throw it over to you. Where can we uh, reach out to you on social? Tell us a bit about your podcast that you're involved in, uh, Timbuklu Arms and Pull Up a Seat, of course, and where we can hear your excellent content. Um, well, if I don't get kicked off Twitter for harassing Stephanie about um, my WrestleMania hashtag, hashtag for next year, then uh, on Twitter, you just go to uh, at pull up, is, uh, pull up Seat Pod. Um, just search Pull Up a Seat on Facebook. You can find me there as well. Um, I have just gone on to Instagram, but I don't really get Instagram, so I'm not going to bother telling you where to find me on there. Um, <laughs> and as with everything, um, if you go to www.restingwithjohnners.com, then you can find all of our shit there, basically. So, uh, yeah, so follow me, ask me stupid questions, and, yeah, just you know, check out all of our content, really. Awesome. And uh, Grizz, um, the combined uh, hours for WrestleMania night one and two was about a length of one of your podcasts, wasn't it, my friend? Uh, so uh, tell us where we can hear uh, your, your epic Turn in Heel podcasts. Eight hours. Um, <laughs> we have done probably about eight hours of podcasting in the past three days, to be honest. This is my, this, this is my fourth podcast in four days. 
because we uh, on Friday we we covered the entire of NXT um, Takeover. Uh, on Saturday we started a recording uh, covering Impact, and then we paused it. Then we watched the T- the Impact Wrestling pay per view. Then we came back, reviewed that, then reviewed AEW, and then last night. We reviewed uh, night one of WrestleMania. We still don't know when we're going to do night two, so chances are it may be tomorrow. So that'll be five straight days of me podcasting. Uh, but uh, saying all that, um, you can find us at the Turning Heel podcast, uh, the the drunkest uh, Scottish wrestling podcast on the internet because we are over the airwaves and under the influence at all times. Um so get us at heelpodcast.co.uk on uh, Podbean or just Google it. Um, and it's also on the Jodders Network. Boom. Yes, wrestlingwithjodders.com. And uh, Jason, uh, at least for the time being, this is going to be your, your final wrestling, wrestling-related podcast. So I want to thank you so much for being a part of night one and night two um, of uh, Wrestling With Jonas WrestleMania 37 review. Uh, but where can we reach out to you, Jason, and say hi? I know that you've got a little uh, kind of side project going. You're talking about to Marvel uh, flicks, but uh, tell us more, my friend. Uh, yeah, I, 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 sadly, commitments, uh, they suck. So uh, because of that, I've had to step away from the uh, the wrestling podcast, even though it was, uh, it was enjoyable. Um, and this one, uh, yeah, sporadic. If I'm on the um, Turnbuckle Arms page or I'm on John's page, uh, then I say hello. And on the side, I've just been uh, reviewing any kind of Marvel stuff that's on Disney Channel uh, on, the, on the Fridays. Uh, I just do a live stream of that um because sadly it just it fits in my my life as a new parent uh, uh, for another little one uh so yeah that's really why but um yeah i mean uh, just say hello or whatever or, or yell at me if i've got some kind of bizarre opinion on the wrestling um but yes and, and i'm sure, sure it's be, i'm sure it's sure to the rest of the brood uh that, that you're welcome back anytime and if you want to do a cameo appearance in any future episodes of the turnbuckle arms then you are more than welcome my friend but uh, thank you for everything you've done uh for the turnbuckle arms no, and uh, all the times you've been a guest on my podcast is very much appreciated but uh, guys thank you very much for being excellent guests on this uh, night two WrestleMania 37 review. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, we'll have to do it again next year because I know Matt and Chris, you, you tend to always pop up on night two of my WrestleMania reviews. So uh, uh, if there's not a night two, we'll just have to get you on the, the main uh, review. But uh, guys, thank you very much. Thank you to everybody at home watching or listening to this podcast. And we'll catch up with you all again uh, very, very soon. 